Welcome to Beauties and Headcanons, where we're nerdy, and you probably are too. I'm Lindsay. I'm here with Tegan. You guys are sick of listening to us, right? Except you're the one who just pressed play. Um, and we're here to talk nerdy to you, um, or something like that. Uh, I promised it like a month and a half ago that we were going to watch Obi-Wan, and we were going to talk about it, and the day has finally come. Finally, we get, finally. We get to talk about it. Um, we actually postponed this episode um, a week or two just because it's the summer, and you know we like to enjoy our summers too, but uh, Obi-Wan was coming out uh, weekly on Wednesdays, and um, uh, with our schedules the way they are, we just decided it was better to watch the whole darn thing so we could talk about the whole darn thing, because although it was really fun to talk about Moon Knight halfway through and then at the end, and I'm sure we've done it a million other times where we talk about a show halfway through and then continue, this one was uh, fast-paced and kind of like a, a six-and-a-half to seven-hour movie, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was one of those things where I was just really excited to watch the next one. And then by the time the sixth episode was on, I thought that it was only f the fifth one. Like I was ready for more and expecting more to happen. Although I'll be honest, I felt very much like I wasn't terribly surprised by the show on Disney+. Mm -hmm. Plus. I, I was pleasantly, excitedly um, appeased for all of my um, wants of the fandom, uh, as it were. So uh, we're going to talk about that today. And um, as usual, it's probably going to be terribly disjointed and <laughs> run amok with all of the topics that we need to talk about. Um, the first thing I want to get off my chest is Hayden Christensen. Yes. And how um, I have been a victim of clickbait uh, on my Facebook, on my social media, on my Google searches quite a bit lately. And what happens to me often is that my phone and Facebook and Google um, talk to each other silently through the night, and then they give me really strange things to, to click on on my Google searches so that I forget what I was going to Google. And then I end up reading whatever stupid article it was that shows up. So this most recent one, and this is, I swear this is a roundabout way of getting to where I'm going, but <laughs> there was something about how Disney Plus finally justifies why they, why they had Hayden Christensen reprise his role, uh, you know, and it's, it's clickbait, right? So then you click on it and you're like, oh, what, how did Disney Plus justify it well and of course they they claim it was the last episode right because the last episode we not only get to hear his voice ah, chills um and uh kind of like distorted coverted with uh james earl jones's voice mm -hmm. which of course i had to like look into james earl jones um uh, epic voice and like how he originally recorded uh the darth vader voice anyway um which helps because my fiance is an epic star wars nerd um but the idea that the justification of bringing back Hayden Christensen was only verified in that last episode is absolutely atrocious in my opinion mm -hmm. because he was in the suit the whole time and there was a couple of scenes prior to that last episode where we got to see them kind of make him up to make him look like he was uh, pre-order 66 and I just felt like it was the coolest thing to hear, to see him talking with Ewan McGregor at Celebration and talking about how excited he was to, to be back in the franchise. Well, not that he ever left, but, you know, to be able to reprise the, the role and to be Annie and to kind of like grow with the character. And I'm sorry, I don't normally love Hayden Christensen and I mm -hmm. don't even like him in episode two and three, but I'm super stoked that we got to see him 
as Darth Vader. I don't know. I just I yeah. I'm I was like super fangirling over over Darth Vader. Oh yeah, like it's <laughs> it's really now cool because I, I mean loud, the, it sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah, you you finally get to see this fusion of this character that he played throughout three movies and then morphed into this character that we you know that we've been familiar with since the late 70s, 80s. So it's right. it, it's really cool to like actually be able to see that marriage of actors, of performers, you know, come together and actually get to see that fulfillment come through because Hayden really only spent like a second really in the Darth Vader suit in the prequels and it was it essentially turned into a meme. So, you know, he didn't really get that kind of quality time to actually wear the suit and get into Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader instead of just being Anakin Skywalker. So it was really cool to, like, see him be able to act that out and also be able to see a kind of sort of, like, young Darth Vader. Not, like, young in the sense that age-wise, but young in the sense of... You know, he's hasn't been Darth Vader for years and years and years now. Right, you know, for thirty years now. Yeah. it's only been ten. Yeah, 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 it's only been ten years, and I mean, you know, he's still fairly young age wise himself. So, you know, of course, he's not going to be the same Darth Vader as the Darth Vader we see by the time that a new hope rolls around. So, right. it you know, it's just different. You know, time changes everybody and so it's really cool to get to see this little evolution of you know Hayden Christensen's Anakin and then Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader and then obviously you know the wonderful David Prowse and James Earl Jones as Darth Vader in the uh original series so yeah, yeah it was had, really fantastic to see that I had even read some little stuff about like the how James Earl Jones had even done the voice and like the the voice of the um, bodybuilder who wore the suit was it? Is that Prowse? Is that what you just uh-huh. said? Uh huh. Yeah, Prowse. Um, when they when you ever like get a chance to like YouTube videos of him and the original like him speaking the words, mm-hmm. like it definitely would have not had the same effect. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say it would have flopped, but uh, Vader definitely was not the the high pitched uh, Norwegian voice. You know, he was. Yeah. He was much much better as James Earl Jones, and and James Earl Jones even like didn't think of himself as anything more than special effects to start with because of his voice like it was just his voice nothing else he uh, he kind of like attributed the character to the the body actors and and I just think that's like really really awesome um mm-hmm. because the the whole package is what we get to see with everything right yeah. so Hayden Christensen in Obi-Wan in the suit um the flashbacks to him as Annie and um the that last uh, the last episode where we get to see the the helmet busted and the distortion voice going over oh, yeah. his that was so I lovely. I was like screaming. I was so like excited and terrified and all the things all at once, right? But what was really cool to me was that there is this sort of um not sort of amazing acting coming through from um, even McGregor and this like undertone that I always felt was there that there was a reason why it was so uh, life-changing for Ewan to lose Annie in in the way that he did right because Mm -hmm. sure it's the dark side and it's revenge and 
um, you know, there's all the one-liners that we can think of. Like, you turned her against me, right? And, yeah, yeah. Um, the memes. The memes. Yeah, and and I'm the kind of person who, like, when we're watching these, these movies and these shows, I sit there and I, like, shout out or I whisper out what I think the next line is going to be, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just how I am. So when um, uh, the first time that we see Darth Vader in front of um, Obi-Wan in the show and he's like um what happened to you or uh, how how whatever he says and and uh darth vader says i am what you made me and i i remember saying that like under my breath i was like i am what you made me or something like yeah it flew it flowed so yeah i was like okay that's gotta be it was very it was very organic yes but then at the end when um he he is like apologizing and he says i'm sorry and he's like um, he says, I, I, you didn't kill Anakin. I did. And I was just like, oh, you know, like when it hits you in the feels and I like grabbed my chest and was so dramatic about it, but yeah. it couldn't have been said any other way. It was yeah. so perfectly worded to see that like, uh, Obi-Wan's heartbreak and devastation throughout those first few episodes, like his, his desire, his need to try and bring Annie back even then you know like so early just just 10 years after he's lost lost him to to be like trying to verify that he's completely gone Mm -hmm. throughout this this six episode show was just so like heartbreakingly terrifying because you know we all know how it ends we all know Obi-Wan lives we all know Darth Vader lives so there was like no like oof to that like there was no uh clincher there was no like uh trepidation for those characters because we knew they live we know leia lives we know luke lives we know all of that yeah so we couldn't they couldn't have taken those characters from us so we we had this like really awful advantage um of knowing the timeline right because we Mm -hmm. like you said we've known these characters since the 70s 80s um and we got to meet we've got we've got to get to know all of them in reverse Mm -hmm. so I, I really love the idea of going to this period where um, it's 10 years after and um, we really feel for Obi-Wan, right? And we're, we're like wanting so badly for him to like know what we know, that Darth Vader's already, you know, that Annie's already gone, that uh, he's not coming back and that he doesn't come back till he, you know, sees him with Luke 20 years from now. So yeah. it's just it's just a really like gut-wrenching mm-hmm. i was i was like gut punched so often because i wanted to just like shout at him and be like no you're not going to be able to get him you're not going to be able to don't you know what we know 20 years from now <laughs> like yeah. it was so yeah so irritating but also such a cool way to tell us this part of the story yeah like there's this you know um there's this thing that i i think obi-wan shows pretty well in that you know even in a prequel or even in something where you know we essentially know what's going to happen at the end or like you know even well after whatever you know story this is taking place has ended even if we know like there is a certain value still in these stories and in telling them and in experiencing them and i think what they the writers did really well was portraying a sense of long-term grief and you know grief not just in losing people that he loved but 
in Obi-Wan losing a complete identity, you know, everything that he had done up until his life was in service to the Jedi. And now that's illegal and he's illegal and he has to figure out what he does while he's trying to, you know, look after Luke and everything. It's like, well, okay, well, I also have to pay bills now. So now he's working, uh, you know, as like a butcher. So it's, you know, it's, it's a really interesting look at grief and how grief can change you and change your habits. But, you know, there's still that underlying sense of who you are underneath. And Leia was able to pierce through that to Obi-Wan and get through to him in a way that really nobody else could. And it was just really lovely and beautiful how how that played off of everything. I think it's, you know, something that I think is very relevant for, <laughs> for the world but, that we're like living also, in. Like, how cool was it that he, um, or cool and cruel at the same time, that he was trying to, like, erase or run away from having been a Jedi, right? Mm -hmm. And already in the first, second episode, we see that he is what everyone already knows of as Obi-Wan, right? Mm -hmm. That when he is saying that that's not who he is and he's just been now, like, people are looking at him like, ah, oh, right, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's such like a, like, it's evil, right? Because he's trying so hard to not be who he was and... 10 years later he isn't able to escape from that um, yeah people having known and and so so interesting too to me to to see him when he first fought darth vader and was like you know real rusty and uh kind of like skittish isn't the right word but unsure and then um once he saved leia and of course i hope you screened at your television too because i definitely did oh yes um Actually, I was in a hotel room at the time watching on my tiny little laptop screen, <laughs> and I had to pause it and was screaming um, when I finally FaceTimed um, Jason and Ash and was like, hey, and we were, I was screaming and then was like, okay, press play, because we were trying to time everything so that we could all watch it together. Yeah. Um, and so I screamed in a hotel room at my laptop, not necessarily <laughs> my television, but um, still, like, you know, like, screaming that he was able to stop her, and... Um, just like uh, oh, and when I got to see um Kumal's uh, character, uh, yes. how he <laughs> like we see him and he's like you know like waving his hands around and I was like this guy's shady. I was like I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't trust him anyway. I was like right. there's no way that he's actually a Jedi and that he's really doing this because he just seems like yeah super shady like he's up yeah. to no good and i was like texting the whole time um about how like he's up to no good there's no way what the heck is going on here um but just like all of these like really cool little nods to the fact that like he could never escape having been a jedi who how how the heck is he going to get through the next 20 years anyway like that's, yeah that's the thing too is i even heard or i like read a rumor or some garbage more clickbait that said something like oh disney plus says they'll give us another season based off of the fans like it's up to the fans or something like shut up star wars fans of course we want more yeah give us all of it like we want everything do you remember how many books were written come oh on my god now. so many but, so stop. many exactly <laughs> there's no way just keep on giving us more and more and more and we will continue to consume yeah it. like and for once it's not like a you know like an obesity grossness it's 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 great oh yeah yeah <coughs> oh i'm sorry it's okay <laughs> Um, 
One of the things that I I really felt about the ending of uh, the last episode of Obi-Wan was how the very end felt complete. Like, it felt very satisfying to bring this all around. And, you know, because at the, at the beginning of the series, you know, Obi-Wan is very withdrawn and he, you know, is basically just denying every little thing and just trying to remain under the radar and just, you know, very, really struggling. We can see that he is struggling. And, you know, by the end, he's accepted that, yes, I am a Jedi, and yes, we are hunted, but, you know, this path is still worthy, and, you know, I'm, I'm still going to help my friends if they need it, and, you know, but, you know, having him yeah, come... He even says, I hope you don't need me, but you know how to reach me now. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> and having him, you know, come to this level of acceptance, and then finally get to see his old master again was just... Mm-hmm. So, so beautiful and so satisfying. (laughs) And it was like, this is everything that I would have wanted. Like, this ending is everything that I would have wanted for this series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what it addresses and how it wraps up. And it's kind of like, this is kind of what I wanted for Boba Fett. Like, this is the Uh kind of really satisfying storyline that I wanted for Boba Fett where we get to address like the in-between and what happened but it's not just a setup for a spinoff of another series or two it's its Mm -hmm. own thing you know it's self-contained and that's what I really wanted for it that it just didn't hit but it did hit with this one so you know props to the writers for finally like Yeah, well, and, and like hats off to Deborah Chow to, because there's like a lot of really cool little directorial bits that, that yeah are really fun. Like I I like to attribute things to being to being great actors too, but I loved that the whole series had the same director the whole time, mm-hmm. um, and that they all really loved her. Like they they all had nothing but nice things to say. Um, but especially like with Obi Wan's character arc, that that moment where he's about to get on the boat off of Tatooine to go. Um, and find Leia, and he like flashes his lightsaber. I was like, "Yo, that's ballsy, dude!" I, I know, like, right? Whoa! I watched it the first time and was like, "Hmm, did he just do that as a flourish or not?" And then the second time, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's showing off. He knows what he's doing. What the heck?" So I was like super into it, like just watching him kind of own that he's at least carrying it. Right? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, "Nice." Um, but also uh, that that last scene when we do get to see Qui Gon, I. Uh, you're right it was uh, it felt so very much like what we needed to see and Mm -hmm. enough mystery to leave us to leave us knowing that what's going to happen in the next 20 years isn't for us you know what I mean like I'm okay with not knowing because I feel like the questions I had that needed to be answered have been answered like I felt Mm -hmm. good yeah and there's there's a part too where like um when we got to see like uh, the materialization of of Qui Gon, like over, um, right in front of of the canyon, and um, uh, it was like sort of like a little bit of like a mistiness over the rocks. And um, Ash and I both looked at each other, and she's like, "Mom, are you seeing what I'm seeing?" And I was like, "I think so." And of course, we had paused it for some other reason because uh, that's just how it works. We were talking about something else. Yeah. And he, uh, Jason doesn't see anything. He's like, "What are you talking about?" And then I was like, "Oh, you'll see." And then like he presses play and then Qui-Gon materializes and we're like oh yes it's <laughs> um and we also know Liam Neeson did more um you know voicing and stuff too so it, it would have been 
a darn shame if we didn't get to see him, if we didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, had it been like a voiceover or had it been like a misty presence, I would have been like, what? Right. Um, so I was really It, it wouldn't have been worth him. it. <laughs> oh, and so amazing for him to turn around and be like, all right, let's go. We've got so much to do. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Like yes. that, that's definitely like, so that's, Qui-Gon. that is definitely Qui-Gon would just like, all right, you finally caught up. And so let's, let's get to it. You know, that's, that's Dude, definitely so like, yeah. yeah. And I, what I, uh, what I feel like makes this so satisfying too, um, along with like Qui-Gon being there is we get like so many other little threads wrapped up. We get to see, you know, we get to see, you know, the beginnings and the foundations of, you know, Leia wanting to, you know, go into this political career. Whereas, you know, when she when we first start the series, you know, she she's not interested in that at all. You know, she is like, no, like, this does not seem fun. This does not seem useful. Like, I'm not interested at all. And then by the end of the series, she's like, she's inspired to, you know, model her life after, you know, the people she's met and the things she's experienced, you know, how she wears Tala's uh, holster as like a reminder of, you know, what she's been through and, you know, the people that she's met and the changes that she needs to fight for. Like, it's, it's just so amazing to see that. And even just like the little tiny touches, like Obi-Wan giving that little ship to Luke, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I'm sure other people noticed it too, but in A New Hope, that's the little model mm-hmm. that Luke is playing around with when C-3PO is getting dipped in the oil. And I saw that, I'm like, ha! Ah! Like, you know, just yep. these little, these little setups that we know, we know the payoff later, you know, instead of right. setting up for a payoff that we're going to see later, we already know the payoff. It's getting mm-hmm. to see those slide into place. That's so, so satisfying. And right. Again, like, even though we know the end, even though we know what's going to happen, it's still, it, the these little in-between stories still have value to them. So I'm yeah. really happy well, that we get to see that now. <laughs> so that, let's talk about that a little bit then, too, because I definitely need to do a hats off to Lola because she's my new favorite droid. Yes. Um, uh, not because I lost my own Lola back in December, but also because I did. Um but also that she like uses Tala's holster as a little Lola holder yes. in the last scene too. It was so cute. Yes. Like, um, but then we also do need to t- talk about Vivian Lyra Blair because mm-hmm. she was lots of fun to watch and to see her grow as, as Leia as well. Um, I know everybody has all great, wonderful things to say about her. I, felt like a lot of times I watch actors and I pay too close attention to certain things about their delivery Mm -hmm. and certain things about um, the way things are said. And sometimes I felt a little bit like she missed the mark in a couple places. Mm -hmm. But also having to channel both Padme and... um, Leia. Uh, Carrie Fisher <laughs> has yeah. to be difficult, right? Because oh, yeah. it, it can't it couldn't have been easy. And she also had to bring her own self to the character, right? Yeah. So the uh ambitiousness and the ferocity and the um uh banter in the beginning where she's like really ribbon on on Ben and like just being a little shit. I was like, kid? Yeah. 
Like, yeah, she's a kid. Like, like, (laughs) the first couple episodes, I was like, I don't know if she's worth it, Obi Wan. I don't know. This is rough. I was like, she's a turd. She was like giving him away and running away from him and stuff. I was like, ah, just let her go. Ah, whatever. I know. That's honestly what I I kind of. I was so irritated. (laughs) That's honestly what I kind of loved about it because, I mean, you know. Children are children, and children get on adults' nerves. Uh, I mean, this is—we we both know this well. So, you know, right, right. seeing Leia as a kid just absolutely get on Obi Wan's nerves was just—I was like—it was amazing God. to me. I loved it because <laughs> it was just like, yes, this is absolutely what Leia would do as a ten-year-old. Like, exactly. This this yeah, feels no, I- very. This whole, like, thing of her running off feels very Leia-ish to me. I don't know. Like, Well, it... that's just it, too, right? Because we didn't get to really see Padme as a little uh, spitfire kid. Yeah. But I imagine that there was a lot of that going on, too. Mm-hmm. And obviously we haven't gotten to see Leia as a spitfire little kid either. Yeah. So the, the idea of her not having been just a sweet little princess groomed for politics her entire mm-hmm. life was really cool. I was oh, really yeah. excited. I was really pleased to see that side of of the character and for her to have been able to nod so efficiently um, where, you know, Obi-Wan is tearing up a little bit and he, he looks at her and he says that she reminds him of of his mom and how, mm-hmm. of her mom and how, like, how monumental those moments are. I was, mm-hmm. I was really, really pleased. I was really happy with it. I saw moments where I was like, mm, that could have been, maybe maybe reshoot that. But I'm I'm also like one of the most critical people I know. So I I appreciated I appreciated all the rest of it. You know, like oh yeah, every, everything else definitely over overshadowed any any unease I had about. Oh yeah, I, I felt like she really about. brought the heart the heart <laughs> and soul of the character to life, and you know I. I think that's probably one of the most important things too (laughs) is like, you know, because, you know, little bits of line deliveries here and there, it's like, well, that can really happen to any actor, but really being able to embrace the spirit of the character that you're portraying is just, is just phenomenal. And not every actor can do it. I mean, we talk so much about, you know, certain actors where you see them in different movies or different TV series and it's like, they're playing themselves you know, they're just playing maybe a different version of themselves, but it's still clearly themselves. Whereas you know, actors who just disappear into a role is and who just embraces the spirit of that character is a lot harder to find. So especially at her young age, I I really think and I really hope that she's going to be able to do, you know, this is just going to open doors for her and opportunities to grow even more you know, with, with her career, well, if this is what she wants to do. Can you imagine us being able to see her, like, maybe at 16 years or something? Like, yeah. We know the Star Wars enterprise is going to be around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And we, we've, <laughs> we've talked about, or we've heard rumors that they're going to be doing shows where, um, you know, like, Taika Watiti is talking, Watiti is talking about a movie where he's going to be directing, and it's completely different than anything we've ever seen, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and it's in a, in a, in a moment, in a, in a, time where we have never watched where we've never been able to we don't know what's going on in that in that moment so mm-hmm. it, it could be anything we could we yeah could be seeing uh luke on tatooine we could be seeing leia uh doing god knows what when she's 16 17 years old those are moments we have not seen yet yeah and we could most certainly be 
delightfully surprised by, um, you know, we know a lot of these characters are lifers. Once they play those characters, they are ready to come back at the drop of a hat. So it would be really neat to be able to see something like that from her as well. I also wanted to say that there was a moment where she got to deliver a line about being kind to droids and Mm -hmm. how it's just polite manners. Um, And her cousin says, well, lower life forms. And when she, when she does that singer and she says, well, then I probably shouldn't be polite to you. I know. Right. (laughs) Oh, I was like, I'm like, Oh, there's that sass. There's that sass. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I enjoyed it. Um, so uh, we can't forget to talk about any of the lesser characters. Um, I always enjoy seeing Jimmy Smith uh, oh, yes. singing in Into the Heights or, you know, if he's um, uh, Senator Bale. So it, it's nice to see him. And it's kind of nice to see him as, like, almost secondary to his wife. Like, mm-hmm. he kind of he kind of took a backseat as, like, the fun dad, you know? Like, it was, it was kind of cool to see him do that and to uh, learn a bit of a little bit more about Senator Organa. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know that I, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's just great. I love it when we get to see the same actors yeah. come back and, and play those characters again. Oh, and we cannot forget Palpatine, that we got to see, um, oh gosh, we got to see and hear his voice too um, in the last episode. Um, yeah, yeah, and that was, ooh, I, I just, I really love all of these little, like, callbacks and all the, you know, yes. <laughs> I, I have to wonder, like, you know, what they tell actors, like, when they pull them in, like, hey, just do these lines, please, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like I imagine they don't the give them the whole script or anything, so I wonder what they think of these things until it actually comes out. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the guy who played Owen uh mm-hmm. was really wonderful to watch he oh yeah i really, really loved his portrayal yeah he encompassed like all of the feelings i had to feel about owen you know like i i was there but i loved baru as well she was like my favorite person um the the last episode or maybe the second to last episode when mm-hmm. she is like nope we're gonna defend this place and, and yeah owen has had, can't do anything but say okay and follow her i was yeah. like oh. yes I was so excited. Um, we also have to talk about Flea in episode one and two, mm-hmm. um, playing uh, the kidnapper uh, and like being not uh, in a band. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we've seen Flea in a couple other things where he's played minor characters and maybe he's actually been in like other Star Wars things or something because he kind of like fits into the universe pretty well. Like yeah, I, like his whole like mannerisms and like you know his general like aesthetic feels very. Feels very Star Warsy. I don't know. Like there's yeah, there's just like a I certain have to vibe. Check that it was him, but I definitely saw it and really enjoyed it. Um, and it was like kind of, kind of fun. Like I I hated his character, and I guess that was kind of the point. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was, yeah, I was excited. I also um, really love that um, the same things is kind of happening to the Star Wars universe that happened to the Marvel universe in relation to Lord of the Rings or in the Star Wars case, uh, Game of Thrones, because uh, Marvel absorbed a few actors from Lord of the Rings and kind of, you know, gave them their own significant roles. And now the same thing is happening with Game of Thrones because we've had Pedro Pascal and now Indira Varma in Star Wars in, in roles, although this time uh, Indira Varma's character died first instead of Pedro Pascal. So right, it's, right, yes. It's like an inverse, <laughs> almost. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that, you know, nobody's eyes got gouged out or anything. Yeah. That's, 
I'm glad for that too because I I don't know if I could have handled that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I was glad to see her go down in glory though, just like yeah. her brother did in yeah. um, Game of Thrones. So yeah, I I mean. I, I, and what what, what more can you did, ask yeah. for than a glorious death? You know, if you gotta yes. if you gotta yeah. go, go big. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, there was someone else too. Oh, oh, we got to see Tamora. Uh, yes. Clone Trooper. Did you yes, I noticed that. I noticed I, that, and I was like, "Holy crap!" They brought him in for this tiny ass little cameo, but it is so good. It. It's so I good, really and like him this to be Rex. I so badly. Oh my god. Him to be Rex or um, oh, what's the other? What's the other one? Cody. No, I'll remember it when we're done recording. But, <laughs> Probably. Um, I love Rex so much. Or, or not, am I even saying the right person? I don't think Rex is who I'm thinking of. I think I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah. But when when we get to see um, the the guys that are um, part of the Bad Batch, I think mm-hmm. um, when we get to see those guys, it would have been cool to see like a cameo of one of those guys. But I I also understand that it's like not the right place and time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, but I also like really. I am really hoping that they just like. Uh, Tamora's got like a little apartment near Disney Plus Studios, mm-hmm. or, and he's just like, hey. <laughs> uh, they call him up and they're like, hey, can can you just um, we're we're gonna need you to to dress up as a. Uh, you know, like tomorrow you'll be Boba Fett, and then the next day you're gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Random homeless clone trooper number. Yes. Yes. Whatever. Thank, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be so good. Um, and I can really tell there was this moment of ten- tension where like Obi-Wan was looking at him and is like, is he going to, is he going right. to know who I am? Like, is he going to recognize me? Like, did I work with this clone trooper? Like, cause you don't know, you know, obviously there were so many of them. He didn't meet all of them, but if that was one that he ever met, it's like, there's my cover right there. It's gone. You know? Yeah. Well, and to be fair, his cover should have been blown the entire time once he well, was yeah. chasing Leia around like a little turd person. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Um, okay, so... Okay, one last one last we really got to talk yes. about is Moses Ingram and the fifth sister. Ah, oh, yes. <sighs> okay, so this is like a... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that like you know, there's been like whole like controversy or whatever about, you know, Moses Ingram and her character and all of this stuff. And... It, I, I'm not going to dive too deeply into it, except to say that, you know, Star War, a lot, there are quite a lot of Star Wars fans that need to get over themselves because Moses was fantastic. And especially as more and more of her story was, of the character story was revealed, it really cemented the way that she played this, this character and, you know, what she was doing and, you know, her motivations and why she was trying so hard to, you know, to rise through these ranks, to make an impression and to, you know, get to this final target. You know, it it kind of, the more it unfolded, the more it made sense of why she was so fascinated with going after Obi-Wan because she wanted to make this big impression because she wanted to get this chance alone with Vader and, you know, get her own revenge. Like it, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. And I, I really appreciate how, you know, her her own journey kind of became a little bit of a circle in the end where she went after Luke and, you know, was going to, I guess, kill him to, you know, I'm not sure what, 
what she was thinking, whether it was, you know, going to hurt Obi-Wan or if it was going to hurt Vader somehow, or if it was just, you know, her own need to do something. But yeah. seeing Luke lying there helpless, you know, was just like, you know, he, he's just like I was. He's just like my friends were. Like, you know, having this crisis of coming back with Luke and talking to Obi-Wan and having this crisis of, well, who am I now? Am I you know, am I a part of the dark side now? Like, you know, is it too late? You know? And Obi-Wan just giving her this encouragement of, you know, you get to choose, you know, you can still choose to do good, you know, giving her the encouragement that, you know, just because she's done some horrible things doesn't mean that she has to continue to do those horrible things. She's not stuck. She can make this decision to turn around and start doing good and being good. And, I, I just really, really loved that, you know, whole coming together and not necessarily trauma bonding, but, you know, these two characters being able to understand each other at a level that very few other characters in that universe is going to be able to understand each other, you know, knowing what they lost together collectively is some folks who are going to be able to identify with that, to identify with right. the struggle of losing something so close to the core of their being and having their whole world just shattered like that's very intimate and that's that's something that not everybody has experienced but those of us who have we know what that's like and we know where these characters are coming from and this you know the way that obi-wan has reached out to her despite the fact that she's been hunting him, despite the fact that she's tried to kill him. And he's still coming back to her and supporting her and being like, you can still be good. You can still choose this. And it, it really, it really, I think, completes her arc really well to have her come back to what set her on this whole path to begin with. Right. And so, like, for me, I don't really understand completely Reva's... Uh revenge against mm -hmm. Vader's plans, right? And when she mm -hmm. um, when she sets off on these missions and all of the bad she's doing, I don't know how someone who has been hurt in that way justifies the bad they're doing because of the pain that they could inflict on someone else. But I also understand that like Obi-Wan feels um, very much so that even though Anakin, um, Darth Vader, has done all of this bad, that he there's still the good in there, too. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's like, you know, his his um, goodness to a fault, right? Because he mm -hmm. still sees the good in Annie, even though he he really, in the end, has to verify for himself that it's not there's no good left in there. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of like the direct contrast um, in Reva to Darth Vader's um, dark sidedness, right? Because the revenge, the anger, the um, justification, all of that is very, um, you know, the, the fine line between love and hate um, and, and what that does to a person and how vengeance and um, uh, pain will, will really divide a person um, and their motivations. So it's really neat to see Reva um, in the end with, with her just, you know, sobbing and being absolutely wrecked um, by, uh, we can assume, like, the choices that she's made and um, at least sort of um, admonished by what she chose not to do with Luke, right? Mm -hmm. But simultaneously, there is this, like, love story of Obi-Wan and Anakin and his, like, continual and unrelenting 
need desire to 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 try and and see if there is any good left in Anakin and um that last moment when when Darth Vader does say that Anakin's dead and that he killed mm -hmm. him it's it's such like a monumental release for Obi-Wan for him to be able to say goodbye for so these these 10 years he hasn't been able to he he hasn't been sure um yeah it's... and obviously you know for the for those 10 years he didn't even know um maybe that anakin was uh, did he know that he was alive did he know that he was darth vader i, I feel like yeah there's a moment in yeah the he he we, knew he was vader because uh yeah in the in the prequels in the third movie um when he viewed the uh, footage that showed Anakin killing younglings, he also saw footage of Palpatine coming to Anakin and, you know, calling him Vader. So, so it's like the secret he's been hiding, right? He's so, yeah. So it's like the secret. So, like, I don't think, like, hardly anybody else knows that Anakin Skywalker right. so is Reva Vader. Reva says it. Yeah. Yeah. So when Reva says that she knows that it's Anakin and how he's like, he would never have told you. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very, like, it's a thing that he, he's been holding on to the secret. Yeah. Um, this And the secret hope, too. Let's be serious. So yeah. It's and also, really I think. Yeah. And also, I think he's been holding on to a lot of guilt as well around right, Anakin absolutely. because I mean he was the one who trained him he was the one who you know he, he feels like it was a failing of him but being yeah, able can... to confront Anakin in the series he's able to confirm that no nothing I did led to this this was Anakin's decision you know Except and it the hurts beginning, when Anakin yeah. or when Darth Vader actually says you mm -hmm. I am what you made me that that like gut punch carries yeah. through the next five episodes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then we get to see that, no, that was just a way that he was trying to hurt him. And now, mm -hmm. now Obi-Wan, like, even though it still hurts, Obi-Wan knows that I did everything I could, you know, right. and it's, it's a path to healing. It doesn't automatically make everything better, but it is a path to healing. And yeah, and I was really intrigued the whole time, honestly, to just see this like love story of of Obi Wan and and Anakin. Really, you know, like mm -hmm. I I felt like I even read it somewhere that someone was talking about like the, you know, essentially what we're seeing is just a different kind of love story. Mm -hmm. You know, that he oh yeah he still believed that the good was there, and for him to be to be told that it absolutely isn't was was this like moment of release. Yeah, like, like an epiphany. Like, I, I don't have to keep holding on to this anymore, you know? Right. All right, so on that note, was there anything else we absolutely needed to talk about? I think we've kind of touched everything. I I definitely don't want to talk at, at all about uh, the um, weirdness behind uh, Moses Ingram and how people on social media suck so much because we could, yeah. we could have a whole episode about that. Um, especially with the climate of what's going on in this country mm -hmm. right now. So I really just want everyone to, to you know, hold on to the love stories that uh, live in our fandoms and uh, hold on to each other a little tighter if you can. Yeah. Because um, that's really how I feel <laughs> for June 2022. Um, yes. Uh, other than that, I mean, I'm I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tegan, and thank you so much for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons. <laughs>